Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Fearless Photographer Podcast. You're listening to episode 26 and part two in the two-part series on burnout. I actually wrote all of this as part of the previous episode, but it was way too long, so I decided to split it up. So this is part two on how to avoid burnout in your business, and I'm sharing a few adjustments that you can make in your business. Some are mindset shifts, but most are things that you can tweak in how you run your business to avoid burnout and overwhelm in the first place. Before we dive in, I want to make sure that you're entered in the giveaway. Each month, I'm going to be randomly drawing one winner who leaves a review on the podcast for a special prize. And the prize will change each month, but they're going to range from gift cards to some of my favorite resources or guides to a business audit or a one-on-one strategy call with me. And to enter, all you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, find the fearless photographer, and leave a review on what your thoughts are, what you're loving about the show, what you love about the content. And there's a new winner chosen every month, so you can leave a review each month to be entered for more chances to win. But make sure that you take a screenshot of your review and send it over to me on Instagram at the fearless photographer underscore, because when you leave a review, all I can see is your name, not your information or how to get your prize to you. Before we get into the episode today, I have a gift for you. If you head to the link in the show notes, you can download a free guide called double your inquiries. There are a ton of ideas and strategies that are proven to get more inquiries and more leads in your business. So don't miss out on that. It includes some of my favorite ways to market my business and the easiest methods that have proven successful for my students, my coaching students, course students, and for myself to have consistent six-figure years. Grab the free guide now to double your inquiries and grow your business quickly. In the last episode, I gave some signs and dangers of burnout and talked about the dangers of comparison and the hustle culture that we see everywhere. I gave you some steps if you find yourself in that state of burnout, because I don't think we talk about this enough. It's almost like a taboo topic because you can't be truly vulnerable. You can't appear to not have it all together all the time. And you have to do all these things to keep up appearances, but it can get to a point where You're looking at everything that you're doing, everything you feel like you have to do to be successful, and it's just so much. And that's the danger of that hustle culture. So recognizing it and getting out of that cycle is the first step. And I highly suggest going back and listening to episode 25 if you haven't already. But today I'm sharing how you can make your business more enjoyable, lessen the load, and like I always say, create a business you love. As we go through these tips for avoiding burnout, you'll notice that I'm a huge fan of systems and processes and making things just easier for yourself. But before I get into these steps to avoid burnout, I want you to first ask yourself, are you simply doing too much? In the early years of my business, I was buried in work. I felt my energy draining and my joy fading because running a business was so much harder than I thought it would be. My to-do list was never ending. I felt like I was drowning in everything that I had to do, and I knew that I was struggling to still be a present wife and mom, and it was weighing heavy on me. I knew I had to make those changes in my life, my business, and the goals that I had for myself, and letting go of that need to accomplish more and more and do all the things. I had to get out of that unhealthy cycle of that never fulfilling hustle culture. So what about you? 
if you know that you're prone to burnout or you've been overwhelmed before, you know how awful it feels. It can make you feel like you're walking away from your business altogether. I want to encourage you to take a look at what you're doing and just decide if it's too much. Make a list of all the things that you're doing right now in your business, all the tasks that you're doing daily, weekly, monthly, your booking process, following up with inquiries, planning sessions, even the emails that you're writing and the information that you're having to send to clients and then shooting and editing and delivery and follow-up, asking for a review, record-keeping, expense tracking, contracts, invoices, backup processes, everything. What is your daily to-do list like? And what tasks are you trying to balance just to run your business? What might be getting neglected? that you know you need to do, but you just don't have the time for. And then look at every item on your list and make a note next to each one. This is something that I think every business owner should do every so often. Just look at everything and make some decisions. So do you like doing that task or not? Is it time consuming? Could someone else do it better? Is there anything that you're doing that isn't really yielding results and you can eliminate it or change how you're doing it? What could be simplified? What can be set up to make your job easier? What can be outsourced? Now, you might be really feeling like, wow, this really is a lot when you're looking at this list, but this episode is going to help you get organized with all of those tasks and specific ideas on how to do it faster better and more efficient so you can avoid the overwhelm and burnout and get back to the point that you love your business by getting organized and getting your life back. And I actually just want to briefly touch on these because one of my upcoming episodes is actually how to make a few tweaks that will save you at least 10 to 15 hours a week, if not more. I currently work less than 20 hours a week as a full-time photographer, as well as the podcast and coaching photographers without a team. At one point a few years ago, I had a housekeeper. I've, in the past, I've had an editor. I had an editor actually for several years and I've had a VA in the past. And for one reason or another, right now, I'm once again doing it all myself, at least for now. And that's changing very soon. But this coming school year, I mentioned in my last episode, we're actually homeschooling my two boys. We're doing second and fourth grade. I say we, I mean I. (laughs) So I'm making even more adjustments to my business and structuring my time to work even less. So make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss that episode. I'm really excited about that one. Actually, I am a huge geek when it comes to systems and processes. Tip number one is to delegate. We already talked about this as a way to recover from burnout, but it's one of the ways that you can actually avoid it in the first place. Hand over some of the more time-consuming or monotonous tasks to a VA or outsource what tasks have to be done, but they don't necessarily require you to be the one to do them. Like social media or blogging, consider hiring a VA or someone that you trust, even if it's just a couple of hours each week. Or have someone that you trust help you with editing. Part of this is also allowing software or AI to do some of these tasks for you. I love the way that AI is going right now with helping us with our business. So for example, we all know that culling photos and choosing what to edit can be so time consuming, but imagine if you could get a full workday back in your week. 
the program that I use that has replaced my editors, sorry ladies, it's called Aftershoot and it can pull a whole eight or 10 hour wedding day in under two hours. And that step alone used to take me a full day or two. And you can still go through and make sure it's selected the ones that you would have chosen to edit, but it makes it so much easier by pulling out the images that are soft focus or eyes are closed with the group photos or grouping the duplicates of the same pose or the same shot, grouping them together. And then I set up a profile with how I typically edit and I even pull the Lightroom catalogs of jobs that I've already edited so that it could replicate my style. So now it can edit a full wedding day which is typically around 1,000 to 1,500 photos in just minutes. It cuts that time down drastically. If you want to try it out, I will put the link in the show notes for you here. And tip number two is to automate what you can. Now hear me out. Your business probably can't be set up to run on its own, but there are things that you're doing for each client that you could set up a CRM to run on auto, like emails or questionnaires, follow-ups, asking for a review. Personally, I use HoneyBook for client management and I can create templates that I send at certain points in the client journey, certain emails or files that I send or questionnaires. And I have automations that go out right after they book throughout the planning process leading up to the session or the wedding and then even for follow-up and asking for a review afterward. So for example, about two months before wedding day, they get the questionnaire with questions about their final vendor selections and family names and relationships and locations where everyone's getting ready. And it just helps the day run smoother and confirms different parts of the day with our timeline that we already created in the very beginning of our planning process. So it, it helps me make sure that they didn't decide to add something that I need to factor into the timeline because the day of is not the time to make last minute changes with something that could put us behind schedule. So if you're a wedding photographer, I know you know what I'm talking about. You have to go with the flow and be adaptable in the moment. But if a bride didn't tell you that she wants a first look with her bridesmaids and she has gifts for them that she wants photographed, that could easily derail your timeline, which means that you have to figure out how to make adjustments and still get everything. And by the way, if you want a copy of the exact questionnaire that I send to my clients, you can grab a copy of that in the show notes. There's a link to my Etsy shop where you'll see a few different templates and goodies for photographers. Years ago, I found that the most time-consuming part of my business was actually the onboarding process for sessions. I would send a contract and then wait for them to return it and then send an invoice or a request through PayPal to pay. And then we'd talk about locations. I'd send them different examples of different galleries for different locations to choose from. And then when I had my first baby, now 10 years ago, I was so overwhelmed and so desperate to just streamline literally anything that I could. So I took my session information and my pricing, my contract terms and policies, and I put it all on a hidden page of my website. I put a form at the bottom that acted as their signature to the contract. And that also confirmed their family member names, their phone number, their email, the date they booked and, or the, the date that they booked their session for any details about their session that I need to know. And then below that is a PayPal button that I created through the PayPal website with each session type in the cost. And now I send one link to book. I send it one time, they sign and book, they confirm all the details in one step, and then I can send them the confirmation email 
that gives them a wardrobe planning guide that I created as another hidden page, and then a link to a gallery of all my favorite locations to choose from. Two links that I send, and it's simplified so many things. Just those three things, the booking page, the wardrobe page, and then the location gallery. It saves me hours of emailing back and forth with each client. So if you don't already have a client management program or CRM, check out HoneyBook at thefearlessphotographer.com slash HoneyBook. I'll also put a link in the show notes for you. It makes it so easy, not just for setting up automations like that, but for knowing where you're at with each client in the workflow. They move along a workflow and I don't miss deadlines or things that I need to do for them or send them. It just saves so much time. Tip number three is to prioritize your time. So this is kind of along the same lines and this is really a matter of reevaluating your priorities. Be intentional about what you allow on your calendar. There is nothing on your calendar that you didn't allow to be there. One thing that helps me with this is limiting the number of days that I shoot sessions or how many weddings I do in a month. I group my sessions or my meetings together certain days of a week. I don't plan more than two evenings working in a week if I can help it. And I plan all of my calls and errands while the boys were in school during the school year or with my mother-in-law on my work days. And that helps me to be able to spend even more time with my family in the evening. So for you, it could mean what tasks you're doing in your business or by how much you're taking on yourself and look at what you're adding to your calendar, what you're adding to your workload. Do you really have to edit a hundred photos from each family session or could you narrow it down and edit maybe only 50? You've just cut your editing time down by 50%. You're welcome. (laughs) But seriously, are you just simply doing too much? Maybe that means that your sessions are too long. If you're getting that many photos, you could probably go from one hour sessions down to 30 minutes and then shoot two sessions back to back doing the same amount of work now for double the pay, right? And the other side of that, tip number four, learn to say no. It seems easy enough to to say that we're going to say no. But as a service-based business, sometimes being a people pleaser just comes with the territory. And having a business that is not only about having a passion for what you're doing, because it's going to be hard to keep going when it gets tough if you're not all in and committed to making it work, but recognize the things that don't bring you joy and let those go and find ways to help it stay fun and fulfilling for you rather than turning into just work. For me, it was the type of photography sessions that I was taking on. I had to learn to graciously and unapologetically say no to certain jobs. And I have felt more freedom, more balance, more joy from not doing those jobs that I just don't enjoy and being able to focus on the ones that I do and book more of the ones that I do and realizing that working until 3 a.m., doing so many sessions that I could barely keep up with the editing and then editing way more photos than they actually needed or or answering client texts during our family time, those things really didn't get me ahead. And it really wouldn't have disappointed anyone if I had learned to set those boundaries and say no much sooner. So be honest with yourself, respect yourself and your time and your resources. If that's the case, do what makes you happy in your business and leave the rest. Tip number five is to create a work-life balance. And I know you hear this all the time, work-life balance. But let me first say, I don't think 
that balance is this equal scale where you spend X amount of hours of work and X amount of hours with your family. I believe that it's more of whatever is a healthy work-life harmony for you. And maybe that changes week to week or even day to day. And there's times where you're working more hours in certain seasons of business, and that's perfectly normal. If you have a seasonal type of work, or like I said before in the last episode, if you're making a big push to go full-time or you're getting your business off the ground, maybe you do work more hours during the day. But you have to learn to recognize when it's time to keep your head down and do the work and when it's time to slow down, take a step back, and then keep a healthy balance. And to do that, my biggest tip, is to have designated work times. At the end of that time, turn off the computer, step away, call it a day, mentally clock out. I will say this is probably the number one way that I keep a healthy harmony of work and personal time. I plan my work around my lifestyle and around my family, not the other way around. Create those boundaries in your business when it comes to your work time and your personal time. Which leads to tip number six, be present where you are. This is very similar to work-life balance, but it needs to be a full mindset shift. When you're at work, focus on work. When you're with your family, be present with your family. Don't check your email. Don't do work tasks while you're with your family or in personal time. Plan your work around your life, not the other way around. And to do that, you also have to set boundaries with your clients so that they know that they can't text you at 10 p.m. and expect an answer or if they can text you at all. Personally, I don't like texting my clients. If a client texts me or sends me a message on Facebook, I'll ask them to send me an email so I don't forget or so I don't overlook those details. And it creates that boundary so that they know I prefer email and I'm not always accessible. Tip number seven is to be content. And more than just being present, that mindset shift to be content, not just with your business and with your work, but with your life, your family, your body, your home. I talked about this quite a bit in the last episode, but social media allows us to put the best parts of our lives out for everyone to see. You're seeing the highlights of someone's life. And we we know this in our in our head. (laughs) And it's so easy to find yourself starting to compare your life because you see the messy parts of your life. You don't see the messy parts of someone else's. But be proud of where you are. Focus on what you've learned, what you've been given, what season of life or business you're in. You don't know the struggles they have. Like I said, you don't see they're messy or where they've been or what they've sacrificed to be where they are in business or the trials that they might be facing behind the social media, behind closed doors. No one shows the messy middle or the struggles or the failures. So you can't compare your business to someone else's. And I also want to add, just because someone else is successful, It doesn't take anything away from your business. Learn from their work. Learn from their drive. Be inspired by it. Keep at it and do you. And remember that comparison is the thief of joy. We hear it all the time. You really have to internalize that. You have to make that mindset shift. Now, this might be an obvious one, but one of the most important ways to maintain balance and avoid burnout is tip number eight. I talked about this in the last episode as well, is to unplug. There's so many ways to do this, but you have to figure out what works for you and what you can be consistent with. For me, there are times that I just don't get on my phone. 
during time with my family, during dinner, during my morning routines, or watching a movie with my husband after the boys go to bed. But I also set my phone to do not disturb while I'm working. I have notifications off for most of my apps on my phone, and I've got limits. And it'll tell me when I've spent an hour on social media. So I know when I need to do something I need to get in, get it done, and get off, not spend time scrolling. So maybe for you to unplug, you need to leave your phone in another room during certain times of the day. Maybe you have phone-free areas of your home, like the kitchen table or the couch, or you limit your time on devices and plan activities during your day that are phone-free, like reading a book or going for a walk without your phone, unless you're listening to this podcast. And in that case, take your phone and go for a 30-minute walk, (laughs) right? Tip number nine is to practice self-care. I think the whole idea around self-care has become superficial and something that you have to make time specifically for. You have to do it alone and it usually costs money or something to do with your appearance or pampering yourself, like getting your nails done or your hair or buying something nice or maybe getting a massage. But really, self-care is just taking care of yourself in a way that feels good to you and helps you be your best self for you, for your family, even for your clients. Self-care is getting enough sleep, eating healthy, getting exercise and moving your body, getting out from behind the computer, going for a walk, having quiet time with God, sipping your coffee in a quiet space. That can be self-care when you're recentering your mind for the day. It's also doing what you need to in your business to not bury yourself in work. It's raising your prices. It's being honest about what you need and asking for help. It's maintaining a healthy balance and prioritizing your family. It's reading a book or taking a day off, doing something that you enjoy. Anything that helps you keep that joy in your life and in your business and recharges your mind and your body. Because when you're worn thin and stressed out, no one is getting the best version of you. And I'm going to make a confession here. This is a constant struggle for me. It's really hard for me to separate my worth from my accomplishments and especially in my business and how many sessions I'm booking or how many weddings I've done and what my income was for the year. So learning that about myself has helped me be able to recognize when it's become unhealthy and take steps to get back my time and take care of myself and my family. So take a vacation, plan days off every week, or even just a few hours every week to do something that you enjoy. And you can make time for it. You can put it on your schedule so you don't make an excuse and then just dive back into your work. So remember, achieving work-life harmony and avoiding burnout is a constant process. There's no such thing as a perfect balance. But by implementing some of these strategies, you can work toward finding a balance that works for you and the lifestyle that you want. And that's what I want for you, a business and a life you love. Just a recap of today's episode, finding work-life balance and avoiding burnout and overwhelm really comes down to priorities and setting a few boundaries to protect those for yourself just as much as your clients. It's finding that harmony between working hard toward your dreams and keeping your sanity while still protecting your personal time and your relationships. And I highly suggest that you do a business audit. Figure out what you can take off your plate by delegating or automating parts of your business to streamline and save yourself so much time and prioritize your time and what you allow on your calendar. Maybe that means eliminating certain tasks or asking for help 
or outsourcing what you can, or just learn to say no and create that healthy work-life balance. Be present where you are, be content with where you're at in your life and in your business, unplug when you need to, and prioritize self-care. And all of these things can actually be part of self-care and help you be the best version of yourself for you, for your family, And when it's time to get back to work, you'll be refreshed and recharged so that you can be the best version of you for your business and for your clients. So once again, I want to make sure that you're entered in the podcast giveaway. All you have to do is go to Apple podcast and leave a review on what your thoughts are on the fearless photographer and what you're loving about the show or the content. And there's a new winner every month. So you can even leave a review each month to be entered for more chances to win but make sure that you take a screenshot of your review and send it to me over on Instagram at the fearless photographer underscore, because all I can see is your name and not your information or how to get your prize to you. Well, friends, that wraps up today's episode. I hope it was helpful and encouraging to you. If you loved this episode, please screenshot where you're listening now, share to your stories on Instagram, and be sure to tag me at the fearless photographer underscore so I can see which episodes you're loving the most and connect with you there, encouraging you in your journey as well. Please consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. And if you have a question or a topic you'd like to submit for a podcast episode, click on the link below for the speak pipe feature. Everything we talked about today and all the links I mentioned are in the show notes below. I can't wait to share what's next, but until then have an awesome week.